Welcome to episode 5 of Progress Study Radio. I'm Duke Hoagies. Tonight I'm joined from the cornfield by Salt Masaki. Give it a good suck. And live from St. Petersburg, Russia. I think that's in Russia, right? It is. Um, where? St. Petersburg? Oh, yeah, Russia. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm Scoodles. Hold on, guys. Let me make me a Jesus Christ, start over. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? You, you lit... <laughs> What is this, you took a report? He was doing it on purpose. <laughs> Don't do that on purpose. That's not funny. That's just annoying. <laughs> oh, my God. He's serious. <laughs> I can fix it in post. Anyway, so we're coming up on the opening of Toy Story Land. Actually, I believe the show will drop the day of the opening. In um, Soviet yeah. Russia, Scoodles doesn't think Toy Story Land is Avatar-like. Now, would you say the theming of Toy Story Land is better than that park in Chernobyl? <laughs> no, the theme in Chernobyl is so realistic; it's it's crazy. The, the Pripyat fun spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so fun; it's so much fun it gives you cancer. Pripyat. That's <laughs> yeah, ultimate souvenir. <laughs> ultimate souvenir in Soviet Russia. <laughs> when will, when's that place going to be like uh, uh, not like just dangerous? Yeah. I don't know, like radioactive anymore after the half life and everything's over. Yeah, that's what it's, yeah. Well, there's there's all kinds of different isotopes that come out there. So um, the one that's like the the ones that are the most dangerous are actually the ones that have a middle, like a mid range half life, like cesium one thirty seven, which has a half life of thirty years. That's mm-hmm. why you're seeing a lot more people going in there now because it's been thirty years. So half of the amount of uh, cesium one thirty seven that was there is gone. So it's you know half as dangerous with regard to cesium exposure. Um, interestingly, you always hear people freaking out about the shit that has like a 200 million year half-life. That shit's totally safe. Like you could sleep with uranium under your bed for your whole life and you wouldn't get cancer because the reason this half-life is so long is because it doesn't hardly emit anything. They're all alpha particles, so they won't even hurt you. Would you be willing to try that for scientific experiment? Yeah, wheel it over. Do you know, do you know how much a pallet of uh, uranium-235 is? <laughs> well, I hear you can get it in every corner drugstore in the future. <laughs> <laughs> In 1985. That's heavy. <laughs> Wade has nothing to do with it. <laughs> anyway, so Toy Story Land's opening now. Uh, I got a chance to check it out with Scoodles. We got a chance to hit both attractions. Contrary to what, what you might have heard, Slinky Dog Dash is longer than one minute or longer than 50 seconds compared to people who haven't ridden it before. And there's, <laughs> there's videos now. I think it's up around two minutes. Um, the, the videos I've seen because I didn't like have my stopwatch going when I was riding it, um, even though Tim requested that I did so. It was about two minutes long of ride time. and then, so, so one Gary Hall intercourse unit. That's right, yes. <laughs> 2.5 scoodles. <laughs> or a half a meth lab. Yeah. We have a co- handy-dandy conversion chart to show notes if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... I know people keep saying, oh, this is some barnstormer coaster. Oh, it's nothing better than a barnstormer. And it's like, I don't know. When I went on it, I wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh, this is like barnstormer. I mean, I, I went into it kind of expecting that, but it seemed to be a lot better than I thought. Uh, people are saying they think it was better than they thought just by watching the video. I mean, I can definitely say it's better than I thought it was going to be. It was definitely longer than I thought it was going to be. That's what she said. And... <laughs> <laughs> And like the launches, they throw you into like the little helix turns and stuff, or the bank turns and everything. And, and like it actually pulls some G's and you get some airtime out of it. So, yeah, it's nothing crazy. It doesn't go 65 miles an hour, but it's not a crappy barnstormer either. I mean, the barnstormer is basically like 
smaller than a crazy mouse coaster. I mean, it's I mean, very yeah. small scale. The, so the size would alone to look at that and go, "Oh yeah, that's going to be a barnstormer." Like, I, really- I think like what you're saying about it, you know, jamming into the turns. You know, just sheer weight comes down to it. You know, those roller coasters have really tiny trains, those kids coasters ones. They just don't have any inertia, so they're yeah. just they don't really whip you around at all. But I, I feel like that one's big enough to where it's going to be a good ride. It does a lot of like it throws you up at a high turn and then you know kind of goes slow and then you dip down in the valleys and go around a turn and like you know puts you in your seat a little bit. And Where maybe, were you sitting, front, back, or middle? First time we I sat in the last seat and okay. uh, second time I sat in the front seat. So okay. I've ridden both sides of it. I don't know. I mean, I prefer the back on all roller coasters just because there's usually it's usually a little more rough back there. Yep, but. Uh, and you get pulled over the hill too. Like on the second launch, you kind of go past the like the because it uses I guess magnetic braking or whatever. But it stops you, and then you roll back to the launch point, and then it shoots you forward again. So I mean that adds a little bit to the ride time and everything like that. It's not like you just hit the speed thing and it just keeps launching you. Like you actually right. stop, reverse, hook back. Uh, I don't I don't know what propulsion they're using on there, but whatever. Launches you again, and you go over. Uh, Kind of like King Ka, where you go over, the, like you just barely make it over the top of the hill, and then you go mm-hmm. back down. And I could definitely see rollbacks happen on this. But I was just going to ask you if you thought rollbacks could happen on it. Yeah, it barely clears the thing. But if a rollback does happen, that's you're not going to die. Yeah, that's. I, I wish I would have got rollbacks on King Ka, just like yeah. getting right up to the top. Then you get to go again. Yeah, and then yeah. some poor asshole has to walk up there, and push you back. <laughs> you're just like stuck at the crown. I mean, you go over that, um, you go into some turns, and then you go over those humps at the end and stuff like that. It's, I don't know, it's just longer than I thought it was going to be. And I don't know if you count the animatronic at the end. I mean, you can't really count that as what ride time. And yeah, it's part of the ride, but you're basically waiting for the car in front of you to unload. And these trains were coming through just as fast as Seven Doors Mine Train. Like, as a train, you know, the load and unload right next to each other. So as a train's unloading, one's loading. And if it happens efficiently enough, it seemed, at least when we were there, there was a train pulling through right away. As soon as one cleared out, another one was ready to come in. And like the sign said 45 minutes, and we definitely didn't wait that long. It was just... Yeah, and it's, it's a single load and unload, or how does that work? Is it two trains, one behind the other? It's single load. Okay. But it's kind of amazing that, what, what, 1977? No. What year did a, a Big Thunder Mountain go in? I think it was like 81 or something, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, it was after Space Mountain, I guess. It doesn't really matter, but you know that dual load, the parallel loading platforms they've got, I feel like that's a very efficient system. It's yeah, I wonder why they, they don't have, use that anymore. Right? I don't know. I was thinking the same thing for all roller coasters. I mean, they don't do it, use it on Expedition Everest or anything. So the load's similar to Expedition Everest, I mean, and Seven Doors Mine Train. You know, I guess I know. they are unloading people and, and loading people right away. Should move fast, though, but I don't know. I agree with you on that. And it cancels out the dumb guest factor a lot, you know, because you're not, it, you can't have one person hold up the entire ride. Even some of the B&M coasters that Six Flags have as a default option, a side-by-side loading. Although the one time I saw that was at Six Flags over Georgia, and if you ever want to hear my experience about that, that's on record. But the, <laughs> I believe that's the Six Hyperdermics over Georgia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Six, six Hyperdermics over Georgia. Uh, they were only using one of them, but I at least got to see it. It's pretty impressive. I heard that security guard he got into it with as a manager now over at that park. I believe uh, he has. Actually, he became a director not too long ago. I mean, they move up quick over there. A straight shooter with CEO written all over him. Now, as fast as that standby line was moving, because that was the only thing open, one thing to take into consideration is 
fast pass is going to clog this up big time. Yep. So if it's going to be fast because there's only one line, but now once fast pass is in there, that line's going to take forever. And the only complaint I even have the entire attraction is the fact that half the queue is just out in the wide open sun. There's no cover or shade in that. So I guess you can't have trees because it wouldn't look right in Andy's yard. Um, but I feel like this is an operations problem that's gonna overlook that theming so i mean it's it's brutal dude i just think it's pretty sad that the thing that's going to reduce throughput of the ride is them turning on disney's multi-billion dollar efficiency project (laughs) yeah oh dude you're right i mean well i mean does it really though it slows down the standby line but i mean it's in terms of the capacity of the ride it just it keeps going i mean it keeps moving people it's just now you're jamming two lines into one I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like if you add up all of the guest experiences and divide by the number of guests, the average quality of experience in the park is is a downgrade because of that system. I feel like what people are going to do is wait in line for ass or or alien swirling saucers. saucers, I waited in line for ass until I was 17 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, they'll wait in line for that while they're waiting for their fast pass or whatever for Slinky Dog Dash. I mean, if you can even get fast passes for it for the next coming year or whatever. I mean, it's going to be the most packed ride over there. It's not the most thrilling ride over there, but every new ride that comes out doesn't have to be the most thrilling ride. But it's definitely more thrilling than Seven Doors Mine Train. It's longer than Seven Doors Mine Train. I mean, it's not quite Big Thunder Mountain, but I don't know. It's enjoyable. I, I didn't have any problems with it. I guess it was more than I expected. I, I think I've said this before, but Seven Doors Mine Train is to me like a multifunction printer. It's a shitty fax machine, a shitty scanner, and a shitty copier. It, it's a terrible dark ride coupled with a terrible roller coaster, which added together, you know, it's just mediocre at everything. Like, that's the problem. Is it's, it's so much easier to make a great dark ride and a great roller coaster than it is to make one ride that's both of those things. And I, I just feel like, you know, there's an old joke that when you design something by committee, you know, you get a camel instead of a horse. Like that's that's what Seven Doors Mine Train is. It just suffers yeah. from that trying to please everybody. It's it's hard to do, you know. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> the lanes, I didn't. We didn't get to try into the food or anything like that. But I mean, it is what it is. It's a staging area for Seven Doors Mine Train. If you're going into this thinking it's going to be like the next great land in Disney, you're kind of. I mean, it's got technically it's got three attractions. The only ones they really are pimping because they're the only new ones. You know, obviously Ash and uh, Slinky Dog Dash. I don't know if I'm ever going to stop calling it Ash. Just cause it <laughs> it's already a thing now. I, I love that it somehow figured, it, figured out that's what we need to name it to give it the Ass name. Uh, it's nice little little slit in there. I love it. I, f- I feel like they gave it that name and then realized. I mean, because the only people who use those acronyms are their community. And that's like 0.01% of the people who go there. And, ca- and cast members, um, believe me, it's it's you, you hear it all the time now. It's, oh, I mean, there's <laughs> MILF right. and there's others. I yeah. mean, jeez, yeah. I mean, MILF uh, ass. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> now you you mentioned that this is not the new greatest land in the world, and I think that's a good segue to to what we probably I, I would call this quasi real time feedback. Our, our last episode did get somewhat of a reaction. I, I think we should spend at least a moment commenting on that. I know, I know, I have something to say about it. I don't know if you guys do. We're referring oh, to Scoodles. I, I, <laughs> Scoodles, uh, good. Yes, Scoodle, Scoodles review got a review, <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant. <laughs> so what we're talking about here is the latest episode of the E-Ticket Report, and I, I would say the verb I would use is that they lit you up. And I, I listened to it. <laughs> I was pretty entertained. Uh, and so I'll say that. this. 
to some degree, I think they were unfair, but to a large degree, I think that they made some valid points. And I, I was thinking about it, and I, I think that I have some a thought as to what you did wrong. So I'm, I'd like to lay that on you. Tell me what you think. So I listened back to the episode, and, and here's what I think would have been okay. If you'd have gone on and said, hey, I had a chance to go into Toy Story Land. Here are the things I liked about it. Here's the things I didn't. Overall, it's pretty cool. I think that sort of plays like an opinion, and everyone just would have been like, okay, that's what he thought about it, no problem. But when he actually listened to that episode, what it actually sounded like was you made this sort of bold assertion at the beginning that it was on the level of Avatar. And then there's all of these specific, specific comments that you made about it, and there's no way in the world to reconcile those in a way that supports your actual final contention. So I think that that's what everybody sort of latched onto. Instead of actually listening to some of the individual comments you made, which would have been useful, they just seem to take great pleasure in, in debunking your fleeting off-the-cuff off comment about it being Avatar-like, which oh. is probably a little unfair. And the one thing that's very unfair is they said that, that we are like, basically sucking the teeth of disney which if there's any comment that's bullshit it's that i mean yeah I, I mean i've got at least four years of myself bashing this company to the point where my biggest fear going on these things is that i'm so negative that everyone's going to turn it off just because i'm being a total dick I about agree. everything that they do you know, 153 so, episodes of just shitting on the company i believe that at least me personally would be the last person to be accused of sucking off the mouse yeah i mean i i was not on the first 50 episodes of kingdom cast but certainly I would have to say that that show was one of the earliest to be very irreverent toward the company. So, I, I, I think. You <laughs> <laughs> say, you say, company. <laughs> I, I think Scootles had a new car smell when he walked in. That's all. I mean, yeah. that is that is truly it. It going into a brand new land, getting the VIP experience where you get to be there I first. Mean, he got it, jerked off by one of the Green Army men, <laughs> and they're girls now, you know. So there's True. guys and girls. You get to choose. You know, it's one of those things well, where assume. I'm I'm truly not a huge, huge fan of Pandora. So when I compare the two, I. And again, that that was my mistake of going in and saying this exactly like. I mean, you cannot compare the apples to oranges. One is a huge, you know, you throw a lot of plants and make it look very alien-like. Cool, you have Pandora. You put a lot of detail into the theming of Toy Story, which is a very 2D type product. Yeah, it's it's not going to look as amazing as fake floating mountains. It is what it is, right? But it's still a really nicely done land do i still stand by when i say it is themed as much as it could be the same as pandora when you go to say this is pandora we've put as much as we can theming wise cool they did the same with toy store you can put as much as you can theming wise i i still stand by that piece of it but you have to be attorney that. i would recommend not doubling down on that analogy <laughs> it is again it's it's my opinion i mean if you don't like it Fuck, don't listen. I don't really give a shit. Hey, fair enough. Yeah. I can't argue with that. So, go ahead. That's going to do it for us. Yeah, no. Um, and, and that's not to say that we know exactly what Toy Story Land is. It is just that overflow for Star Wars. It's, in the end of the day, it is just the, the new thing that's there right now. It, in what, a year and some change, it's going to be, you know, old news, and it's going to be that overflow while people are waiting to get into a ride. We all know that. So we will see that, what happens with Star Wars Land. You know, it's going to be. Just said is act, what you just said is basically a, a summation of my grand fear for all of these parks, except for maybe Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, is that they're so the company is so busy shoehorning in the flavor du jour and these IP-based attractions and lands. 
I just wonder when the you know when the excitement about those dies down, are we just going to have a hodgepodge collection that's a giant mess that is going to be almost unfixable? Uh, just in 30 years, what does Toy Story Land look like in 30 years? I don't know. It's the same with a lot of these IP that go in these IP lands and stuff. I mean, I can't picture what Avatar is going to be in 20 years from now. Yeah, you know, I highly doubt that five movies are com- coming out. I think the next one comes out. They've suddenly realized that nobody's interested anymore because people were, you know, I know when the, there was a lot of hype around the first one. When the second one comes out, I highly doubt there'll be that much hype. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot about movies. It to me, it feels like they're chasing Harry Potter, uh, and it's been ever since. Yeah, but the, the first, first Harry Potter was like good enough to where you wanted to watch more. Uh, there's nothing about Avatar. I was like, yeah, I need to see the next one. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree that the problem is that Harry Potter was a great movie that lent itself to this. It's like it what, what what made Harry Potter land. You know, jeez, oh, I can't believe I just called it that. But <laughs> what made the Wizarding World of Harry Potter work and diagonally as well is that it was it was a good fit. You know, it wasn't that it was a movie. There's nothing magical about the fact that something that was a movie can automatically translate into a theme park land. And it seems like that's the mistake that Disney's making is they're just like, well, Harry Potter's doing great. That's a movie. You know, Frozen's a movie that's doing great. So let's, you know, let's cram this in there. Toy Story's a movie. Let's cram that in there. It just, it just worries me because all these pieces don't fit together very well. It's you're right. It's not a cohesive ex- experience like I would expect to see, you know, within you know Hollywood studios. I mean, it was supposed to change names, and now it's not changing names. It's kind of that kid in high school that hasn't found his his place yet in life, yeah, and I, 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 I really hope that. it does. Yeah, I think you're right. It's but the thing is, Disney didn't used to have an identity crisis. There, you know, back oh in the God. day, there there used to be places you could go that had lots of random assorted fun things to do and ride on. Those were called carnivals. It was the exact thing that Walt Disney wanted to not reproduce with Disneyland, uh, and you know, by extension, Walt Disney World. And it's like they're they're trending away from their core competency of creating this integrated themed experience, and they're 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 just going into a dive toward the least common denominator. They're like, it's like they're jealous of what Six Flags has. Meanwhile, I'm sure Six Flags would love to have what Disney's got. I mean, I guess the lesson here is don't review lands you've never been in. <laughs> you, you, uh, hearing somebody or, or seeing pictures of besides about how something sucks when they never step foot in it just I, I don't know I can't take somebody like that seriously it sucks how do you know well I saw a picture on Twitter but I think he, I, I think they're getting exactly what they want is people to talk about it you know about whatever yeah. it is what it is I think well, uh, okay well, I'll, I'll play I hate to give them a plug here. but yeah no, I don't mind being the no. They're not even the devil, but I'll play the devil's advocate. It's okay to have an opinion. It's where it becomes problematic is when you can't distinguish it from fact, and that's sort of the criticism I leveraged against you is that you you know you, you express your opinion in a way that someone could interpret as being sort of an objective statement. But you know they're doing the same thing. But I mean we're about to talk about the Skyway. We haven't ridden on it. We haven't seen it. We don't know how it is in the gondola. So we have to be a little bit careful about saying that it's inappropriate to comment in that sort of way without experience because we do it all the time i mean we're speculating we're not stating something as fact though agreed i think those guys would argue that they did the same thing I mean, come on don't jerk them off <laughs> <laughs> i oh, swear no. that i'm not getting paid to defend them but if they don't send that check in a timely fashion i will fucking recant all of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah well anyway so I'll you did bring down up- tim's new front door <laughs> 
that was a joke that exactly four people in the entire world can appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you mentioned the Skyway there for a second. So the, the cabs have been delivered to Walt Disney World. There's pictures online of every side of them and everything like that. We can confirm like a thousand percent. Just by, unless they're unless they're adding air conditioners later, that there's no AC on these goddamn things. There's no AC now. If only there was someone who could have told you this a year and a half ago. Oh wait, that was me. <laughs> uh, Mac. <laughs> I believe he called me a stupid troglodyte for arguing with him about that. I had to harsh look words. it up. Yes. Very harsh words. He I said don't troglodyte. Now I don't understand that word, so I'm going to interpret it as disrespect. <laughs> So essentially what we're having here to combat the heat or the sun, I guess, is it's going to have reflective sides on, I guess, all four sides. It's going to be like some kind of reflective glass or covering or something like that, similar to like Ray-Ban sunglasses or something like that. Like, Do you think it's polarized? Which you better wear on World Drive from here on out because your <laughs> retinas are going to get burned out the back of your fucking skull. Oh, they're <laughs> going to be wrecks. Can you imagine a- these things going by with the sun hitting off? Going oh, off dude. Home? Especially like with that time of day when you get the glare when it's on that that oh angle. My God. It's like some asshole hauling an airstream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know that bridge? I think it's in Philadelphia. There's a bridge. It's like really low clearance, and there's always like cars, that's, like trucks that smash into it. So people just set up video cameras out there. I feel like that's what's gonna happen here. It's in Ohio someplace, but there's oh, a whole yeah, website yeah. dedicated to that. It's, yeah, that's great. <laughs> And they, they even put up, like, a new automated sign at that bridge that, like, warns you five times, like, makes yeah. some noise, and people still just drive right through and play onto that thing. <laughs> yep. It's great. <laughs> but anyway, so to cool this thing down, it looks like all you're going to have is a little slat, kind of like the monorail windows, where it just, like, opens up to the side, so you can't throw anything out of it or anything like that, and it's just going to be passive cooling. Yeah, they call it passive ventilation, but let me clarify that for those that are not mechanically inclined. It's a hole in the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing more advanced than that. And I'm really just wondering how this is going to work. And reading some of the comments on some of these pages, people are saying, oh, there's no way this is it. You know, they, they said it was going to hold 50 people per cab. I'm like, they never what? Said that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I never saw anything that ever said it was going to be 50 people per cab, maybe 10 at most, uh, three in an ECV or something like that. It looks like he's going to have fold-up seats where, so you can have... If this holds 50 people, it is like the Derek Zoolander gondola for people who can't fit in a gondola. <laughs> <laughs> It needs to be at least three times this big. Or I imagine at least one or two of the cabs, or maybe all of them would have fold-up seats, unless there's going to be enough room to accommodate, like, the the big boy ECVs. Like, you know, the ones, the big captain's chairs are, like, 300-something pounds. Oh, jeez. I don't know if it was IAPA or if it was uh, whatever Disney's uh, D23, but they had, uh, Doppelmeyer actually had a booth there that showed the thing with what, with what their standard interior is, so obviously not what is going to be in this one. But it had like a little table in it, clearly not appropriate for Disney, but it had like these zebra skin covered booth seats in it. It was pretty spooky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is they put these, um, they're going to be putting these laminate like character labels on there. So they claim it's going to look like there's actually characters in the other cars. It's going to be on par with monorail covering. Yeah. Like, it's not going to look like 3D, like you're going to look in and, oh my God, I can see Mickey moving or something like that. Yeah, it's just it's gonna not going to be the windows at the uh, Hogwarts Express. Yeah. I see, think... that would be amazing. Like, now they should just do that in Monorail. <laughs> Was Jim Hill talking about, like, uh, the augmented reality on, like, uh, for the, the minivans and the monorails and stuff, so you could see, like, Iron Man flying next to you and stuff, but could you put That's that a... in a window or would it have to be a headset you wear? 
Dude, I think oh. you just solved the whole thing. Oh, the whole park. They should just demolish the whole park and make it a big field and throw a headset on you. Well, Done. Sight lines, no problem. That's right. Yeah, it could okay. be that every time somebody bitches about something, just redesign it real quick. Yeah, well, like the Star Wars attraction. Welcome to our new roller coaster. They just kick you into a hole. <laughs> and then the screen argument would be valid at that point. Exactly. Screens. All right, we'll give it to you now. So at Halloween Horror Nights, they have these virtual. They have a virtual haunted house that is the same type feeling. And then you know, at Disney Springs, you have the Star Wars attraction where you can do the 3D thing. So yeah, it's that's. There's so be the virtual, park. the virtual haunted house. Do they actually count that as a house, and do you have to pay extra to that? No, so for that one, you do pay extra, and it it was started I think two years ago now. Mm-hmm. It's actually really interesting. You go into a house, I mean, and and it people like still touching you around a certain area, very similar to the Star Wars, but yeah, it's it's kind of creepy. <laughs> but speak yeah. of time, since we're talking about VR, to mention virtualdisneyworld.net. You're welcome. <laughs> Largest collection of online Walt Disney World video attraction attraction videos anywhere. Yeah, go check it out. We'll wait. Utilidors.com. Two O's. Scoodles.net. It just goes directly to virtualdisneyworld.com. So how much these windows reflecting sun away from them, uh, how much do you think that's going to lower the temperature inside? I mean, uh, so even if you're outside and you're not standing in direct sunlight, which you technically still are going to be, it's hot. I mean, go, go sit in your car for a little bit. I mean, I guess it doesn't have reflective windows, but even when the goddamn windows roll down, it's hot. I mean, I yeah. don't. These, is this reflective light going to be enough to where the fact that even without direct sunlight, it's still like scenes taint out? So here's the problem. It's going to be the same problem that the monorail has, is that when these things are moving, there'll probably be enough airflow in there to at least make it survivable, although it's not going to be pleasant, I wouldn't imagine. Uh-huh. But there's all kinds of problems that can cause this thing to stop. And it's not necessarily some catastrophe, you know, just a loading problem at one of the stations. Somebody's ECV gets jammed up or some old person can't get in or out or some, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's a million things that can cause this thing to have to stop. Cause obviously when you have a linear chain of vehicles, if one gets interrupted, they've all got to, they've got to put the brake on the cable. So what happens then? Like how long can you sit out in 2 PM heat in central Florida not moving at all with no airflow. Or the I thing mean, just gets struck by lightning and loses power. Don't worry, you can push the windows out and they're going to say there was an imploding problem. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> I, this is one of those things where I hope that they prove us all wrong. I hope we get on there and, oh, it's actually not hot. I just. That, that would be. Call Neil deGrasse Tyson if that happens because the laws of physics have just been. That's what I'm thinking. It's upended. Like, yeah, it's, I, I just don't see how that like, would work like if imagine being in a phone booth in florida that's how hot it's going to be the fact that you're dangling isn't going to do a whole hell of a lot <laughs> yeah <can't> get out. <laughs> you'll be up oh. a little higher so i guess in theory you might get a little you know more breeze but i i think it's going to be rough i would like the bill and ted one please it's like a phone booth how did they test this that's the thing i mean you have to assume ostensibly no one has ever been in one of those cars on Disney property, unless they drove one of these on a truck. You know, it's like the first person to experience this is going to be the first person who rides on this thing. I mean, you go to Doppelmayr's website and see where these things are installed, like Bern, Switzerland, and, you know, Aspen. Like, guess what they're not at sea level in the middle of a swamp. That's true. Well, there were, I was reading an article where, like, Disney was saying that, like, they think this is going to be a model transportation system for the rest of the United States. Like, people are going to come here and see this and, like, marvel at it these things are all over the world what are you talking about <laughs> I, 
now. They're not all over the United States. I mean, they have them in some places, but yeah, they ha- they have them where they're useful to take you to the top of a mountain so you could ski down the mountain. That's true. Or Bush Gardens. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Well, Bush Gardens makes you get out at each station too, so like you can't even dig. Like instead of it being a functional mode of transportation, every station you get into, you got to get out of the car, get back in line and ride to the next one so it's like not even a good mode of transportation now i don't think that's going to happen here uh how do they know what station you're going to though like imagine you have to go through like three stations to get to your resort they open your door and you go oh no we're we're going on to this no, I, they, they make you I, get out i predict it's going to be like the monorail ttc like you, you know you're gonna have you to get out to go to your next spot yeah, yeah that's which oh, i mean okay, i can see that yeah if you think back in time, I mean, granted, this is not a Von Roll 101, which is what the Skyway was between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland, but mm. it's the same general principle. And they they deem that thing not even fit to be an attraction. And now they're they're marketing this as a primary means of transportation. So I I, I have a lot of concerns that they're, the expectations that they set for this are going to be problematic. Although, in its defense, there's a guy I follow on Facebook named Robbie Von Roll. He's like a Skyway, like, it's like his whole life. Like he's got that miniature in his backyard. I've seen. Yeah, that. yeah. He's the guy who he builds models and sells them. I'm pretty sure he's done installation work for them and everything. Mm-hmm. And six or eight months ago, before we even knew what the model number was, like this guy's like, this is the one it is. I could tell from these towers. Yep. And he he pegged the capacity at five thousand people per hour. He said it's basically the highest capacity ropeway system in the world. So that based on I've been following this guy for six years, so I, I have pretty high confidence that he knows what he's talking about so maybe it'll actually haul more people than we think but i don't know and and that goes back to something that me and gary was talking about we're in epcot couple days ago and it's i i feel like we bitch a lot about things like this and and it's sad when you when i hope that it's better than what i expect because normally when i hear something come from disney if i'm excited i want it it's going to be amazing and now it's just oh god you bite your your fist you're like is it going to be as decent and um you know we'll see like i said i'd love to be proven wrong and we just yeah. talked about not being negative the whole time here but with this i mean even like the goddamn pixie dusters are saying like well how's this gonna work in the heat it just yeah you, know, you figure if they had a way or they had it figured out they would release that on some kind of official thing as much as they've talked about these skyliners for the last two years on the disney parks blog and all that stuff they would, you know, they would say something about how it's not going to be hot inside. I haven't read a single thing saying no. how it's not going to be hot inside. And that just, to me, I don't know, that kind of worries me. Maybe it won't be. I mean, I'm, the, the first people they let on, uh, all the bloggers and stuff, even if it's hotter than hell, they're going to talk about it being oh yeah, the, the coldest thing. You know, this is colder than Ice Station Cool, you know. If, if Lou Mangiello dies of heat stroke in it, his like last will and testament will be <laughs> how comfortable it was inside the cabin. As he gave up his ghost, I mean, this, <laughs> this is not stupid. They're going to get the word out, but it's it's, uh, it's not going to take long for the general public to be in there to to learn that lesson. I fear. But I mean, I want to be like somebody would have thought about this, and somebody would have thought, "All right, these things are going to be hot. Let's just scrap the idea." But it feels like they hurry up and do these things, and then when there's a problem. It's like, all right, let's try to fix it after. Well, that's that was Mac's argument is that they couldn't possibly be stupid enough for these things not to have air conditioning. And I'm like, yeah, well, electricity. <laughs> and you know, this is where we're at. Is it, I, I don't disagree with the man that you you think that a group you have to imagine if you have 
If you've got a job at Disney where you're a decision maker on a project like this, you have to think you have a job that millions of the people in the world would like to have. Surely you're not a moron. Yet, uh, it does seem that they are putting these little solar solariums dangling from the sky in one of the hottest climates in the world. Well, let's see how that works out. Yep. Uh, Scoodles and I tried a restaurant that I'm sure many people have gone to over the years, and I've never been to on all the trips I've been down there. 50s Prime Time Cafe, I believe that's what it's called. Uh, you ever been there, Josh? Yeah, is that where you sit in the car and watch the drive-in? No, that's no. the sci-fi drive-in. But the, uh, this, is okay. a, this is like, it's like a 1950s kind of mid-century modern-esque kitchen, and the waiter's kind of acts like she's part of your family or mom and kind of pitches at you for everything, makes you set the table. And they play like Leave it to Beaver on the TV. It's like being back in the 1950s. I mean, the waiting room is like a living room with a bar in it. And then you essentially sit in a mock-up of a kitchen. And I've always heard the food here was great. Like, oh, you got to get the meatloaf. It's all like stuff that you would figure they'd make at home. Meatloaf and chicken pot pies and shit like that. Uh, and pot roast. Ugh. Is it like a diner great. counter there or is it a kitchen? You're sitting okay. in, in like a kitchen where it looks like you'd be at home in like the 1950s. So okay. it's segmented out into probably a good, I would say, ten, what, five or six different individual kitchens. And probably. each kitchen has one, two, three, four, like six different um, seating areas that can fit two and up to parties of four and six. It's And then there's a TV in each one of those areas. Uh, the thing is with it. I've always heard the meatloaf was like one of the greatest things. They, you know, it's the, where you can get the best meatloaf on Pride Parade places or something like that. That's probably the driest piece of meat I've ever had. <laughs> I would, I would have preferred dude. a Swanson's meatloaf yeah. uh, microwave. This is what I was thinking too. Is like they should have just gave out a bunch of Hungry Man's or something like that, and that would have been in the theme and probably would have tasted a lot better. Um, theming wise, the place is awesome. Food wise, eh, I'd never go back again. Nope. It was off my, my bucket list for Disney, and so, yeah, don't see me going back anytime soon. However, I will go back to the bar there, because you can get the peanut butter and jelly milkshake, which is really delicious, but I didn't get it this time. Yeah, well, that that's, what I, that's what I was going to say. The, the pro tip here is just go to the bar, because you can sit in the same atmosphere and you know just get drinks or something like that. There's no need to eat in there. <laughs> Please uh, don't. Don't waste the money. <laughs> it's just not worth it. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Progress City Radio. Be sure to check out virtualdisneyworld.net, tilladoyers.com. Two and, uh, I got a Pimp Tim site, www.themeparks.com. But, yeah, until next time. See ya. Later. All right, we're off. Hold on, give it a minute. Fucking grand finale is going off outside. Yeah. Yeah, so Scoodles, uh, refresh my recollection. I drank a lot last night. Why did you jack off into a dryer seat? I didn't. That's <laughs> I'm just, uh, not going into that. <laughs> <laughs>